The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. There has been a lot to digest over the past few weeks when it comes to health care in this province. Uh, battles brewing between the government and its doctors and nurses, proposed changes to the way the health care system operates. Now, last year, health care spending in Alberta totaled more than $20 billion. The health budget is the province's largest expenditure, accounting for about 43% of the province's total operating costs. We are told that these costs are one of the highest per capita in the country. So the UCP is moving forward, backed by a pair of reports calling for spending restraint. You'll remember the McKinnon, the McKinnon report uh, that was delivered in September. We found that without bold change, Albertans face a future of rising deficits and debt with more and more tax dollars going to interests rather than programs. Delay will only worsen the problem. For instance, if the government of the day had frozen spending in 2016-17, the current deficit would be $3.2 billion less. We found that if Alberta's per capita spending matched the spending of the three other big provinces, Alberta would spend $10.4 billion less annually and would not have a deficit. Worse, while Alberta spends more, the results achieved are no better and in some cases worse than in other provinces. Raising taxes is not the answer. Alberta has a spending problem and the government needs to act quickly and decisively to reduce its spending. But the province needs to go beyond merely cutting spending to transform the way that services and programs are delivered. And then there was the Ernst & Young review of Alberta Health Services from just a couple of weeks ago, and both suggested many areas to look at, including salaries. Today, the government announced major changes to how it pays doctors. Let's talk about that and the recent health services review with Health Minister Tyler Shandro. Minister Shandro, welcome to my show. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. All right, so first off, recent uh, contract talks failed with doctors, so the government announced that it's ending its master agreement with them, putting new rules in place uh, starting April 1st. Was there not the possibility of continuing those talks in any way? Well, we, uh, we we started after the McKinnon panel that uh, you just mentioned, and uh, you played the clip from from Dr. McKinnon. Um, after that was tabled in in August, we uh, we notified uh, the AMA of our intention to start negotiations back in September, and uh, we wanted to give them time to be able to develop any proposals they may be interested in giving us. So we didn't actually start the negotiations then until November, and then we've been uh, we've been in negotiations with them in um, from November to the end of January. Uh, the negotiations um, weren't successful, so we agreed to voluntary mediation with the uh, the AMA at that time. And you know they they asked because uh, I don't know if you remember, but we there were kind of two separate processes at the same time. There was negotiations over the agreement, but. There's also 11 proposals we tabled for consultations outside of the agreement. Mm. And um, so they asked for those to be brought to the mediation table. We agreed uh, actually to that. 
but then even strangely there you know there were proposals they didn't even actually um, even address at the mediation table even after they asked for it to be brought there and all along we had said from from the beginning of the process to the end that our number one concern is how do we make sure we don't have the two billion dollars of cost overruns that we're projecting and um, unfortunately the AMA um, never never worked with us on on addressing that issue so um, unfortunately, the process uh, in negotiating and mediating wasn't successful. Um, but look, w- you know, we have a framework with physicians and how they're compensated. The AMA agreement's a part of that framework. We're going to continue to have a, a new framework, and, and a lot of the, the past framework is going to be evergreen. It's going to continue. Um, but there, there are some things we're going to be changing. Uh, some of the, the, the changes outlined today, limiting how many uh, patients a doctor um, can bill for in one day, that number is now at 65. First off, who's billing for 65 patients a day? That, that happens? Well, I think that's a good point. I think we're, we're present, um, proposing a very uh, reasonable number. I think the average number of patients that a family physician sees in a day is about 22. Okay. So nowhere near 65. And, and that's, uh, other special specialties, the average would be about 13. So it's nowhere near the 65. Um, I actually haven't um, received um, a lot of uh, negative feedback, if any, on that that proposal, no. Okay, so one of the things that had people talking today was about changes to extended patient visits, these things that are called complex modifiers. Uh, The province has said it plans to reduce what it pays on those and extend the time limit on those visits so a doctor can spend more time with a patient but gets paid last why no 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 no. I I think actually something is really important to point out there we do not tell doctors how much time to spend with their patients no 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 No. we there's so there's never ever been a time limit there never will be a time limit how much time a doctor wants to spend with their patient they decide with their patients how much time to spend with them but But they can bill more after a certain time before so we in 2009 came up with a, a time modifier for complex patients we called a complex modifier and that was meant to get the patient visit from minute 15 to minute 25 and and over time that was interpreted as as being billed at minute 15 not to okay. to get to minute 25 and um you're right i don't think it was being used on on complex patients so so that was our concern it actually wasn't um, uh, helping uh, complex patients and their doctors uh, with those visits. It was being used about 50% uh, of the time well, for eligible visits. So, um, But I, I hear from doctors that they, they want us to support the patient medical home model. They want to have the, the, uh, the right amount of time with their patients. I want to support that. But I don't think the complex modifier is doing it. That's why we're suggesting what we need to do is, is get family physicians um, paid um, uh, through a, an alternative relationship plan on a per patient basis. And so we, we think that's the way forward. We've got really good feedback from family physicians um, on that way forward. And you're right, we are proposing a, a transition period because the feedback that I got from family physicians is that they thought it takes too too long to, to transition to an ARP, as we call them, and uh, there's some business costs associated. So mm-hmm. we're proposing starting April 1st that the complex modifier be reduced uh, to $9 from 18 The Alberta Medical Association uh, saying today that the province doesn't appreciate how much work goes into each patient and changing this will devastate the bottom line for some family and rural practices. I'm getting texts, I can tell you right now, Minister Shandro, about that uh, family doctors rural doctors concerned about that um, are, are you worried about losing some of those family doctors some of those rural doctors in this province 
I think uh, we're doing quite a bit of work actually too to make sure that we're recruiting um, physicians to rural Alberta as uh, part of um, some of the legislative changes we, we made in, in the fall uh, to PRAC IDs and uh, so we can continue to recruit to, to rural Alberta and, um, and retain physicians in rural Alberta and, and I, I really think that that's, that's why it was really important for us to get the, the feedback from not from the AMA unfortunately but from their members about complex modifiers and about the transition costs that, um, that uh, we, we want to make sure that, that there is um, some way to to um, to work with um, those family physicians to to be able to move to an ARP. Uh, the review of uh, of the Alberta Health Services found the province could save almost two billion. We kept hearing that number annually by reducing benefits for nurses, cutting the pay of some doctors, outsourcing more health and uh, support services to the private sector. We've talked about pay for the doctors. Where does it stand with our nurses right now, Minister Shandro? Well, I mean, that, that's actually um, a question for Minister Taves at this time um, because the negotiations with uh, the unions will, will happen under his ministry. Um, and um, I, I understand that he um, uh, has uh, also received the, the recommendations. You're right, there, there are four, um, four areas yeah. that um, uh, the recommendations would, would fall under in that the report, and, and one of them is uh, the EY called it the, the people. Um, uh, uh, section of recommendations, and so he, he's uh, the ones that relate to um, to to the unions. Um, I, but that's up to to um, you know government to to be able to bring that up at the negotiating table with our unions, and for our unions to be able to be able to to look at those recommendations as well, and and have a reply at the negotiating table. And I think at the end of the day, we're going to have you know, agreements with our unions that are going to be in the best interest of patients. And, um, uh, yeah. Before we run out of time, because I know you're on a bit of a tight uh, timeline here today, but uh, following this review, you said the government will look at allowing private companies to perform more routine surg- uh, surgeries. On page 54... No, of- no, no, it's not, that, that's wrong. So, no, that's that's not, not true at all. So what, but what we're talking about is, is, you know, not every scheduled surgery has to be done in an AHS facility, and they're not done right now. So 15% of them are not being done at an AHS facility they're done in what we call a non-hospital surgical okay. facility and and so they, they are independently operated they're not operated by AHS but, but the same as your doctor's office right okay. your doctor's office is is um, is either owned by or, or leased or rented by the doctor the staff are hired by the doctor um, so same as these NHSFs and uh, so it's not a, a private company that's doing it it's still your physician who is doing it whether the physician decides to do it at an NHSF or otherwise Wise. We, have, we have 42 per, uh, of them right now in, in the province, and um, they're not at full capacity, but either are the AHS facilities. And so our surgical initiative is, is going to make sure that the NHSFs are at full capacity, but also the um, AHS facilities as well. And, and we're going to continue to invest in the operating rooms in our, in our province and the HS facilities and uh, make sure that um, we're, we're going to have the, the infrastructure to add 80,000 new surgeries in the next three years. Okay, my, my question was going to be, um, yeah, on page 54 of the, review, of the review, it says reduce procedures of limited clinical value, cost savings 47 to 100 million. What would those procedures be? No, so 
NHS and clinicians already work together to be able to develop um, guidelines regarding appropriateness. And, and that's, I think, what EY is, is talking about. So they're talking about continuing to do that work to, for clinicians to develop those guidelines to make sure that um, um, when, when there is a referral for, for a procedure that it's, uh, there are guidelines regarding appropriateness. And that's not for, I don't think that's for me. Um, I'm, I'm not a clinician. So that, that's up to other clinicians to work with AHS to develop those guidelines. And I look forward to seeing what, um, you know, because we have the Choosing Wisely program already, which already deals with how do we wrap our heads around, um, uh, you know, appropriateness and appropriateness guidelines for, for some procedures. So for that to be expanded, um, uh, that um, I, I encourage AHS to continue to do that work and work with those doctors and other healthcare professionals to develop those guidelines. In a news release this afternoon, the NDP says some of those procedures include uh, tubal ligation, breast reduction, carpal tunnel surgery, uh, abdominal hernias. Are those some of the procedures that we're talking about? No, well, for, first of all, I, I think it's really disappointing that a, a former premier, she knows what she's talking about because she's a former premier. She was premier for four years and she knows how this works. And we're not defunding, we're not delisting, we're not eliminating anything. For her to say that is incredibly disappointing and it's irresponsible. For her to mislead the patients of this province in that way is, is incredibly irresponsible. So of you're her, saying and I, that I think that's she knows. not happening? You're saying that those We are not defunding, we're not eliminating. Okay. We are not delisting okay. anything. Right. I think she has, she knows that she's, she's twisting what was said in that report and it's really really irresponsible for her to be uh, misleading Albertans and patients in this province that way it, it really disappointing for me before we run out of time there's been a lot of talk about wait times for MRIs and CAT scans in this province what's being done to change that yeah I, I think um, I, I think that those concerns um, are are correct. Um, I think that uh, we, we are developing an action plan to be able to, and, and quite honestly, the EY report also talks about it. I think that um, we have concerns with um, uh, with our compensation model with with radiologists right now, and um, we're going to develop um, uh, an action plan to be able to to address not just MRIs and CT scans, but but diagnostic imaging as a whole, and for us to make sure that that everyone is going to be getting. Their, their imaging and in the clinically appropriate uh, timeline. So uh, I take that very seriously, and we're going to be addressing that. And Minister Shandra, I suspect that we could fill the next hour if we kept going. But uh, <laughs> I've, I've enjoyed this. <laughs> Any, yeah, I, I look. look uh, I guess if we're out of time, then uh, any time you want me to come back on the program, you just let me know. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Take care. Minister Shandro joining us this afternoon told me he had to be out at uh, 3.20. We'll take a break. And when we come back, Rachel Notley joining us on the phone.